guys, welcome back to another episode of Gold and Silver. My name's Molly. My name's Teddy. And we're here to bring you all things sports once again. So we are finally getting around to talking about the Super Bowl. We're going to get back to talking some hockey because hockey is back. And yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, the sports world is a little boring, a little cuckoo, a little crazy right now. And we're going to talk about it. So enjoy. All right, let's get into our first thing. We're going to talk the Super Bowl, even though it was we are two weeks later. We're still going to talk about it. So, you know, team, you know, Bengals fans, the Bengals supporters, you know, it it, it stung a little bit to watch it all happen, watch the end happen. But, you know, you got to look, you got to go with what you saw. And you saw that the Rams outplayed the Bengals 100,000%. You know, you... The Bengals O-line could not stop this Bengals defense. Like, they – not – this Rams defense, sorry. They were insane. You have to give this defense props. You have to give Aaron Donald all the props in the world. Like, he showed up. He showed out. He knew what the mission was, and he obviously delivered. That's how they got their – that's, you know, that's a helping factor to winning the Super Bowl, obviously. So, um, here's how I feel about this. I well, first it didn't sting for me to watch because I like to watch it a lot. I thought it was very funny. It was very entertaining. The Rams deserved this. I felt that the Bengals as a team did not deserve this, especially Joe Burrow. I felt that it was hilarious that Cincinnati canceled school the next day, so that all the kids in Cincinnati in the Cincinnati school system were staying up and were watching that game, and they saw the Bengals lose. And the next day they had nothing to do while the Rams planned a parade. I found that funny. I think Joe Burrow has been given too much credit for this run. Where I felt it was a lot on the defense and his receivers, what have you, his running backs. I felt that they got very arrogant when it came to the Super Bowl. Aaron Donald had like one sack in the first, took him like the first half, and then half of the third quarter before he got his first sack. And it wasn't even really a sack. He, like, pushed the guy out of bounds and then pushed Joe Burrow out of bounds, of course. And then someone on the Bengals said something to him, and it pissed him off. And it got that whole defense going. Like, two plays later, Aaron Donald sacked him again, but this time it was a bigger loss of yards, a real sack. Then the whole defense kind of just woke up and started playing well. And, I mean... Like you said, the the Rams deserved this win. They played well. They outplayed the Bengals. And I was happy with the result. I mean, yeah, obviously. I kind of, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I do sort of agree with the fact that Joe, you know, I do kind of feel like that Joe Burrow has been given a little too much credit. It Like, it, it's a situation where there's no I in team. Like, you have to acknowledge, like, Joe Burrow's receivers, Joe Burrow's running backs, like, the Bengals offense except for the o-line was a very heavy contributing factor to the super bowl run and it's not all joe burrow it was his receivers it was the running backs it was the defense not the o-line but the o-line didn't really show up and show out but it's okay because you know like i like there's no i in team and i think that's what you're trying to say right now and i agree i mean i i agree but I don't, like, I do agree that there's no I in team. I also think the defense played much better than the offense throughout the postseason. Um, yeah, that makes, really that makes sense. Think, that, yeah, that makes sense. I feel like the thing is with 
the there's like no I in team is that that's like something you say after the Patriots win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. I feel like Joe Burrow was almost counterproductive. He in Tennessee again. I know I keep going back to this. No touchdown passes in this Super Bowl. He only had one touchdown pass. That touchdown pass was on a bad call. It was on a clear face mask by the wide receiver. And that was his only touchdown pass of the game. So he had no clean touchdown passes. Think about that. They still lost. He did not contribute enough to win. He got off. He was off the hook. Those games in Tennessee and Kansas City. And then the rest of the team couldn't pull his weight in the Super Bowl. And then he lost. So I feel like, yes, it is. there's no I in team. But I also feel like that makes it sound like he almost did a great job and everyone else should be given credit as well. Whereas I actually think he didn't do that great of a job. I think he did not pull his weight. Now on to the New York Islanders. What are you doing to me, man? Like, it's so... The back and forth, it just... They'll win a few games and they'll lose a few games. Like... The inconsistency drives me crazy, and I actually used to talk about the Rangers in this way, but the Islanders, I'm afraid, are the team with inconsistencies this season. They cannot sustain a winning record. They'll get the winning record, then they'll lose three games. Then they'll win three more games to get it back, and it it's painful. I'm going to say it. It's painful. And it bothers me to watch. It's very hard to watch. I feel like they were much more consistent in the past. I don't even know if, they, if they're going to make the playoffs. Or if they can, for that matter. And it's painful to watch. It's almost like the way they're playing now would be, like, okay if they hadn't had that 11-game losing streak. But they almost need to make up for that 11-game losing streak if they want to do well and be successful. So do you think the whole reason why the New York Islanders are currently in this inconsistency situation that you're talking about is because of this 11-game losing streak? That's, you think, the whole reason why this is? I mean, I that's like a hard question to answer. Like, I, I think they're in this hole because they have 11 more losses in the loss column. Like, that's a, a big thing. It's... It says a lot that they are even, five, like, one game below 500 right now. The point is, like, without those 11 losses, a few of them were OT losses, but let's say we just take eight from it. And we, and we don't even add them to the win column. We just, like, subtract eight losses. They would be seven games over 500, and it would be a very different story. I know still, as I've been saying, they played the least games of anybody in the National Hockey League thus far this season, so they're still on catch-up, and they can definitely make the playoffs. And their point total is not um, consistent as to how good the team is or how many games they've played or how well they've done this season. However, I still feel like they're playing inconsistent. This is a team, you don't know what you're going to get from them, They've lost games to the Sabres, and then they beat the Bruins. It doesn't make sense. I just, I don't get why they're playing this way. I just, I look, I don't get it. I don't understand where this is coming from. They're a very, they're a very well-coached team. They had a very good roster, and I think they still have a very good roster. And so I, I don't know why this is happening, and it's painful to watch. I'm going to be honest.
But what, in your opinion, what do the Islanders need to make the playoff besides, like, you know, obviously they need to win more games, but what else do they need? I mean, I think you just said it. Like, they need to win more games. They need to start playing better on both ends of the ice. They they need to play like they play in the games that they win. They need to give up fewer goals and score more goals. Like, the inconsistency is so confusing. They'll lose 6-3 to the Sabres and then beat the Kraken 5-2. Actually, this season, now that I'm thinking about it, they don't really seem to have an issue when it comes to scoring goals. They seem to have an issue on the other side of the ice with the goaltending, which is something that has been a strong suit of theirs in the past, but now they've been struggling with that. And that, now that I'm looking at it, is the key difference between their wins and losses. Give up one goal against the Bruins, you win. Give up six goals against the Sabres, you lose. Give up three goals against the Canadians, you lose in overtime. Give up five goals, not five goals, score five goals and give up two goals against the Kraken, of course that's a win. So that is where I think they need to play better because that is the clear distinction between their wins and losses this season is the number of goals they have given up, whereas they have been able to win games scoring the same number of goals. The thing that has changed between their wins and losses is the number of goals that they have given up. Which Do you think I, the goaltending change? I, I mean, a goaltending change would definitely help. I, also, maybe... Sorokin and Varlamov just need to be more consistent, which right now they're not. So you think the only issue with the Islanders now is the goaltending. There's nothing else. The defense is fine. The offense is fine. The coaching is fine. There's nothing else on the problem. The the only problem is the goaltending. The goaltending, I believe, is their sole problem. If you look at the stats, the offense seems pretty consistent between their wins and losses, whereas the goaltending, I mean, because the number of goals being given up is the key difference. Of course, maybe more defensive help, but I I wouldn't say coaching is the problem. I think Barry Trotz is a great coach. He turned the Islanders around a few years ago, so I wouldn't see how them doing badly one season is his doing, but I do believe that, yes, this is on the goaltending, and the goaltending needs to improve. Okay, it's my turn, and we're going to talk about the better New York hockey team, the New York Rangers. So, it is currently, the date is currently Thursday, February 24th, and the Rangers just beat the Washington Capitals 1-4. to Great times. Um, So, here's the thing I kind of want to talk about the Rangers. I want to talk about the trades, the trading interest that we have with the Rangers. Currently, there's talks about Alexander Georgiev going up for a trade, which, honestly, I feel a little iffy about right now because Georgiev, honestly, is like that. He's an iffy goalie. There's some games where he is amazing and really just, you know, takes it on and is really just a great goalie in the back of the net. And there's other games where he absolutely sucks and is terrible. So there's times where you're like, oh, he's a great goalie. He's good for – he's a great backup for Shesterkin. And there's other times where it's like, get him out of New York. And then the other issue is, if we do eventually trade away Georgiev, 
for, I don't know, I've seen JT Miller in talks recently, which I feel like would be cool to bring him back to New York. But at the same time, you trade him away and you want to bring him back, like, should have just kept him. Um, anyways, like, trading away Georgiev, and then we have Keith Kincaid come up. I don't think Keith Kincaid is ready to be a backup on the Rangers. I think he needs more time with the Wolfpack, honestly, just to become stronger and um, a better goalie all around. Like, he is not a bad goalie, but um, he is not up to the level of Shesterkin and or Georgiev. So that's my thing, really. Also, I mean, I think just coming back into it, like, you've seen, like, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but the Rangers, they've been losing a little bit more. And I don't want to blame, like, the all-star break and all that. But it's like, you know, you you take a break from something, and obviously you're going to take a little while to get back into it. So, I mean, obviously it took a little while for everyone to get back into hockey. But at the same time, it's like, why are we losing these games to certain teams? Like, F- FYI, they lost one game since the all-star break to the Detroit Red Wings in a shootout. Mm-hmm. So that's one loss. That's not like a lot of losses. Honestly, I think uh, Ranger fans should be very happy with where the Rangers are right now. I mean, I am happy, but I think they should cherish it because I don't. I, I don't know if it's going to last. I mean, honestly, I, like coming, like thinking about what I just said. Now I'm realizing where my head is at right now with the team. With this is what my head is at right now. Now that the Rangers are actually doing well, we. You know, when your team is doing well, you have higher expectations for them. This goes all around in all different sports. I'm just getting, like, like if, let's say, I don't know, like, you're randomly, I don't know, you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan. You have high expectations for the Chiefs because, you know, they're a high-level team. So, obviously, Rangers fans right now have high-level expectations for the Rangers because they are a high-level team. So, you know, we lose one game and we're like, oh, great. Oh, my God. I can't believe we lost. That sucks. And, like, we've lost one game in the whole month of February. So I think that proves, like, now that the Rangers are at this elite level, the fans have gone back to this high-level expectation, which we've always had. But now it's even more cemented because the Rangers have proved they are high-level. I mean... You I, had it. You had it last season with the Islanders. You had this high level expectation for the Islanders. I I, I don't know about expectation. I had high hopes. Mm-hmm. Like it's. I think Ranger fans should be very happy where they are. They've been here for a short time. They're third in the division. They should cherish that. They shouldn't be complaining about losing one game. I mean. Sure, the Islanders last year, I wanted them to win the Cup because they got very close. But it was all very exciting, and last year was a great season. And they they do well in the postseason all the time. They were the four seed in their division going into that postseason. So, I mean, everything is relative. I feel like Ranger fans, I, I understand why they're why they have high expectations now, but, um, yeah, maybe they should just keep looking ahead and be happy with where they're at. (laughs) 
Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun recording it. Um, Stick around for um, more episodes in the future. And thank you always for listening. I'm Molly. I'm Teddy. And thank you for listening once again. See you guys soon.